I lost my first employee. It was like a breaker. I felt like rejected. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I can change. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Millionaire, a show about how to make profit with a positive impact and stay happy along the way. On today's episode, we'll be covering the importance of prioritization, how to 10x the service I give my customers, and Rupee loses first employee. Yeah, the last one's pretty important. It's not easy, as you'll find out, but we all face it and we have to figure out how to handle it well. And plus, we'll be sharing my top tips for setting and achieving goals in 2023. All right, what's going on in the business world? Business-wise, yeah, um, let me give you an insight. So last week was tough. It was a very tough week for me. It was tough, not from the like pressures on the business side. That's sort of like a constant that I am learning to just deal with. But it was just because I was constantly attention switching the entire week, right? So like Monday, it was all like me uh, visiting studios, premises, trying to get like, you know, understand why business rates are so much more expensive outside of London than inside of London, like all this kind of stuff. And then like Tuesday, I had to go to Birmingham. I was filming this thing with BBC News about uh, budget, meal planning, charities that are going to be overstretched at Christmas. That should have provided a lot more context for me. And I really took that on board. But then like, then you get dragged into that your other part of your mind, which is like comparison mode. So on Wednesday, I was chatting to a friend of mine. He's got a, a company in a similar space. They've just raised like 25 million, something like that. And like, immediately you go into comparison mode. You're like, oh my God, like they're so much further ahead than me. Like, why can't I raise that much money? Why can't I have that many employees? And then like Thursday, Friday was just like battling fires all day long. And so at the end of the week, I was just like completely not, I wouldn't say burnt out. I think I, I use that word a little bit too sort of loosely. And I, it was just a tough week. It was just a long week. And, you know, I was working on Saturday and Sunday night as well. And so the, the business for, for me is just like a constant sort of spinning plates. I, I don't think I've spoken about it on the podcast recently. Um, I lost my first employee. Uh, dude, it was like a breakup. <laughs> it was like a breakup. I felt like rejected. I felt like, what, what, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I can change. <laughs> was it, is it uh, me? I, I, it. I, can, I can do better. <laughs> I'll give you the context. She, she was a really good employee, um, super on it, like great can-do attitude, but she, she got like a really good opportunity and it was like just an easy sort of yes for her and an easy yes for me if I care about one of the core values for my business, which is I want to give value to my employees as much as they give value to the business. It's a, a, a mutually beneficial relationship. And I think in this you know, if you really do give a shit about your employees, you allow them to flourish and you can support them mm. in as much as they support you. So yeah, it was bittersweet because I was happy for her, but also like, oh man, I've got to go, I've got to find someone. I've got to interview like another 40 people. Like I literally interviewed personally, like 40 plus people just to get to her and then like, you know, I've got to go through the whole process again. I've got to take on that work because like, you know, we've got a very flat, sort of organizational structure with, with no managerial positions right now. So everything kind of, the bottleneck goes to me. And I think it sort of compounded in the week that I had last week. But I was going to ask you, like, obviously you've hired like a whole bunch of people. And when you lose big hitters, as I'm sure you have, A, what are the emotions? <laughs> like, is it like a rejection yeah. the first time it happens? And B, like, 
how do you just get like just get people up and running, especially in this environment where you, it's very hard to find the right talent? The questions you've got to ask are, do you feel that the process that you guys have internally, is that the right one to ensure that folks like that will not come to situations and they leave? Like, so are you doing check-ins? You know, are you giving them opportunity to grow? Because what, what always happens, always, always, always happens in businesses is that, you know, there's three buckets of people. There's the low performers um, who mm-hmm. managers spend so much time with the majority of the time. Then you've got the medium performers and, you know, they keep an eye on those guys. And then you have the great performers where they're like, oh, don't worry, they're doing so good. They'll, they'll never leave. They're so happy because we're doing well. But so, you know, it's, it's, it's the high performers and medium performers that get forgotten about. And the question is like, you know, how much love and how much growth are they getting because we spend so much time on the low performers. So I'd say, you know, I, I'm quite, I like to use these times to self-reflect. Obviously, there's this emotional piece which we'll come to. But, you know, I use this as a, okay, what can I learn from it? Mm. Um, I know it's just quite a cheesy thing, but I always say when someone leaves, okay, what can I learn from it? Because for me, that's what pumps me up rather than going through the grieving. I just go, okay, what can I learn from it straight away? Because that, that gets me in a positive state. And then I then start thinking, okay, yeah, okay, wow, this person's leaving now. And I start coming to the realization that this is happening. And I start just thinking, okay, um, I'm sad about it. So I have to go for the emotion. So I always try to, one thing I've learned is that, you know, feel the feelings and express it so you know tell them you're sad i always do i'm like i'm really really sad like i'm really upset this is happening one thing i've also learned is that if someone wants to leave i genuinely don't try to keep them because if they've they fully checked out like me convincing them to stay it doesn't usually work that well they normally stay but it's like you know you can get some a portion of those people to stay but it's usually on the back of their mind they're going to be thinking hey i should have gone it's a bit like a relationship. If someone says, hey, I want to leave. Just like a relationship. To stay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. It's exactly like that. So in a weird way, I've had probably like 100 breakups. So yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> breaks me up. I'm, I'm pretty strong. Um, like feel the feelings. The first one's really, really hard. And then, you know, then naturally your mindset will be like mine and it gets stronger. You're like, okay, well, it's happened. I've accepted it. But before I go through the emotions, what can I learn? Because that motivates me. Because then I've got my lessons. And then I go into feel you know, release my, like go through the grieving process. It's exactly like a grieving process, right? You're sad, you're upset, you then accept it. And then you're like, okay, let's make this better. Yeah, that summarizes quite well, actually, Mike, the last couple of weeks. So what stage are you at? Uh, I've definitely like passed it now, I think. I'm at the, Okay. I think the second bit is like, what can I learn from it? And I definitely learned that the type of person I want working in that role has to have certain values and certain aspirations it doesn't necessarily mean that aspirations are a, a, a bad thing, but it just means, you know, I just need to know the direction of travel. And I think that question, just coming back to the hard week I had last week, you know, what can I learn from it? I actually sat myself down and was like, okay, what can I learn from this week? And it basically just, you know, it's a lack of process. It's uh, a lack of like saying no to certain things and prioritizing. And one thing that I have been doing, dude, that is an absolute game changer is what you do, where you don't have any meetings prior to 12. And I've been telling that for ages. Yeah, I know <laughs> you have. Ever. And I haven't been doing that. I'm like, I can't, I can't fit it in. I can't fit it in. I've been very rigid with myself. Uh, and it's, it's sick. It is game changing. Like my, my cognitive energy is focused on things that require the energy in the morning. And I'm not being broken or attention switching by having meetings before 12. Mm. Um, yeah, my, my assistant's been pretty pretty good with that as well. So one one other good mindset shift is, um, and it's a really good one, and it's it's to always remind yourself the business has to align with 
the employee as well, right? The business purpose mm. has to align with the employee's purpose. Yeah, and also like the thing you said about like you know not shying away from the sort of sadness or the or the grief or whatever. Like as funny it is to 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 frame it in those words, it's an opportunity to practice stoicism because I think a lot of people think about stoicism as being emotionlessness, and it's not. It's not at all. It's the appreciation that emotions are going to happen regardless, you know, negative, positive emotions yeah. are absolutely inevitable. It's biologically hardwired and we're not meant to like bury it. And I think that's like a common misconception. Instead, stoicism and the practice of stoicism is about enduring that pain, ensuring that pain and grief isn't made worse by thinking about it or overthinking about it. And that, you know, it's exactly the reverse. Like, you know, joy and pleasure is made more by like, again, focusing and obsessing on that. So I, I think like appreciating like, yeah, it's a shit thing that happens. It's going to happen. What can we learn from it? It's, it's great. Yeah. Like allow you some time to like, you know, be, be sad about it. And then it's time to go on and like, let's focus mm. on other things. So that, that is like, you know, an opportunity to, uh, to practice stoicism. There's, there's my little tangent. What's really interesting right now is that everyone, I'm realizing that this is a really tough time for a lot of people because people have not hit their goals in business, right? If you're an entrepreneur or, you know, if you've got a role, which is, let's just say um, you're getting stretched and pulled, you need support and help, right? So I think a lot of people in my friend circle will probably look at me as the guy that can hopefully fix some of their problems. So I get so many messages on a Monday and I feel bad because I want to try to help them, but I'm noticing right now is the max it's ever been because it's such a tough time. Like the recession's here, people have not hit their goals, they're a bit upset, they're a bit sad. Their teams are obviously not made their bonuses or their goals, they're worried about their jobs. So all of that pressure is getting to folks and there'll be some that will float through and there'll be some that come out strong. But And those are the three camps, we'll see what happens. But you're yeah. probably seeing it from your friend circle. Are you feeling it as well? Are you seeing it? Uh, so I'm definitely feeling it, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm also seeing it as well. Like we've got some mutual friends whose companies have closed you know, well-funded, very smart entrepreneurs, difficult environment, uh, particularly in SaaS. That sort of industry is getting hit really hard. And um, I was actually listening to the All In podcast today with um, David Sachs. They call him like They're the jokers, secretary of SaaS. Man. I love them. I love they those are, guys. They are such jokers. I mean, it is interesting to listen to sometimes because they're just like a bunch of billionaires, like playing billionaire games. But then they also do a, like a whole bunch of like, random tangents and they take the piss out of each other quite a lot and jason calcanus like he is a smart guy when you hear him on his own podcast or other people's podcasts but in that environment they really pick on him and they make him sound like such yeah. a dumbass but he's not he's a really smart guy but i don't know yeah i think he needs to stand up for himself a little bit more maybe it's because he's like lower down the pecking order in terms of like monetary wealth yeah, he's the that poorest he feel, out of the group by far. He's the poorest like, out of the group. He's the poorest by far. By far. Well, this is a, like he's probably worth a hundred million and the others are worth the billions. So Exactly. This is a very interesting point, right? Because everyone has those different levels of wealth that they, you know, aspire to be part of or are currently in. Mm. And if you're comparing yourself up always, you're always going to feel inadequate. And he comes across so inadequate compared to those that collection of people but in reality you know he's a smart savvy investor who is very clued up in the market but you also like if you're in that environment maybe you know it's easy for us to say but when you're then put in that environment you know it's probably tricky as well yeah i don't know i mean like i don't feel inadequate to my friends who are clearly richer than 
and the meal more monetarily wealthy because I feel that there are there are other things that make one person wealthy. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a, you're always mm. comparing. It's like top trumps. Like you know, I I don't feel like I'm always playing a game of top trumps, and and that I've had yeah, to yeah. be out of myself to be honest because I think. We all have it sort of ingrained into us, particularly coming from Asian culture. I don't know, uh, like uh, Indian culture. I'm not sure if you agree with this, but it's always like, what's your neighbor doing? Or what's the other person in your community doing? You know, as a benchmark for how you should be doing or how you feel you should be doing. So sometimes I feel that sort of like ingrained in me and I've had to sort of like move past that. I remember Amit and me when we were in um, actually at your wedding, we chatted about this and we gave this analogy. I don't know if this is the right time to drop it, but like everyone's like a pizza right and everyone's got their own ingredients like you know you might have pepperoni peppers cheese ham whatever it is but like everyone's got their own ingredients and whatever what, what you know one thing with pizzas they all taste good like all pizzas are unique and different there's different levels of you know toppings but you know each one is great and tastes good in its own way but we're not going to be the same right and you know some person may have more mushrooms more cheese more unique things and i feel as long as you're aware of your ingredients and you make the best pizza possible with your ingredients that's all you can do right mm. and you can't compare to others and you know the analogy goes further because like everyone wants to be like a pepperoni and jalapeno <laughs> pizza or, or like you know a veggie supreme and like everyone's got their own but you know i think it's better to just be your own unique pizza and um they're all cool like all pizzas are nice all right have you got any other threads on the subject of um, subscription of service businesses, tech businesses in general, just anything in the consumer space, it's a very interesting time because obviously people are churning from their subscriptions. People are trying to act more frugally as they should save do. Money. Save yeah, money. Yeah. We'll save money. Same here. Like, you know, we're always looking at ways to save because we want to invest in, you know, our own house one day and all the rest of it. Anyway, I've actually been leaning into a lot of uh, Alex Homozi stuff. He was like an early gym bro who started like doing these gyms and, 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 you know, uh, creating like physical gyms. And then he leaned yeah. into the, into the sort of consultancy space, basically scaled up his, his consultancy. And he's, he's very good at teaching you how to maximize the value that you give to clients without necessarily having to dig into your pocket and like spend, spend, spend. And actually, a something called feature fallacy, which is actually quite common within apps, is, oh, if I just create this new shiny new feature, that's going to rocket, it's going to be like rocket fuel for my subscriptions. And actually, you don't want to think about that. You want to think about how you can demonstrate most value to your consumer very early on. And the question course, you want to yeah, ask 100%. yourself... Yeah, the question you want to ask yourself in this environment is how can I give 10x value for a tenth of the price that I'm actually paying for right now? And so this is a really good sort of uh, thought exercise. Framework. Yeah, framework for when, you know, you don't actually have like uh, a huge cash injection or a like, huge amount of investment to play around with and like do all these tests. It's like, okay, how can we be as like, scrappy uh to give as much value to our customers so i've been diving in i've been doing a lot more customer service uh we're, we're going to be doing a lot, a lot more like user interviews we're going to find out like what people love about the doctor's kitchen app what people hate about it how we can offer more value by offering things off the app as well so not necessarily building new features which will cost tens of thousands of pounds maybe it's like okay, we'll just get on Zoom like once a week and then like you do like a live cooking session with Dr. Rupi and we just do it via, you know, a tool that costs me less than a hundred pounds a month. 
you know, just, just to add that extra value yeah. and like see what works, see what doesn't work and see how we can allocate capital more efficiently. So that, that's something that I've just been really leaning into. And I think for any business owners, it is a really good question to ask yourself how you can 10x your value to your customer without necessarily spending 10x more and actually spending less. The hard thing is, and this is the big struggle, because I've invested in a lot of subscription businesses, right? I've done about, mm. you know, on transparent, full transparency, I've probably invested in like 40 different companies. A lot have been subscription businesses. And I, I personally feel most businesses should be quite defensive right now and figuring out the feature that works, that's been bringing in most of the money and just yeah. make that feature 10x better. And like, I don't know, a good example is maybe on Calm, right? On that app, I, I, I knew from, you know, the inside um, through just, like friends who are there that the sleeping meditations were going really well and yes mm. they could have done more meditations in other areas but they just thought screw it we're going to double down and they started investing in a lot of celebrities right so hence you had harry styles you had a few other mm. celebs starting to do the sleeping side so yeah they just doubled down in an area which they knew was being used and they could get even more interest more subscribers and more people sharing so you know i feel you've got to figure out there yeah, what is that area which is in your app you know, if we're talking about you, like which is the bit that people are excited about that if you, you know, if you magnified it 10x, it would give you 10x to value. I feel that's what you got to solve. But trust me, it's really, really, really hard. So people just don't want to answer the question because they're like, I'm scared. It's like you're betting all your chips in into one area. Yeah. But unfortunately, like, you know, we like, and we talked about it before, like in for founders and even people top of the corporate ladder, like the reason why they, um, the most successful ones is they do pour the chips in and something they go all in we are we are investing a lot more in like content on the app as well as off the app because content is consistently what people have got grown acclimatized to and that's it that's what we get all our feedback from so you know yeah we're doubling down on like recipe creation we're we're like putting much more effort into terms of the styling and stuff uh rather than like building out like uh you know a meal planner that maybe only 10% of our subscribers will actually utilize. We're just going to go ham on the actual uh, content side of things. And then also the studio that I've been banging on about for a little while, that's going to provide us the ability to do a lot more high quality uh, video content. content. I'm excited. Should be good. All right. So I've got one topic, right? Because it's that time of the year. Um, we're coming close to it. It's all about goal setting, right? So I've been doing goal setting for probably like 15 years. It's mental. Mm. I've since ever since I went to Tony Robbins, this was what he taught me, right? And see, I've I think Tony Robbins is great. I don't, you know, at that time it was exactly what I needed, and he nailed. He supported me a lot, and I think we talked about it. We both got inspired by him in our early 20s. We both discovered mm. him in our own weird way. So yeah so here's here's a few of my tips i've wrote a few notes down because i thought i want to try to make sure we get some good action takeaway from it hey guys i want to take a quick break to thank you for listening to happy millionaire we continue to grow because of the ratings and reviews we get so if you haven't taken a minute to leave a review on apple spotify wherever else you get your podcast i'd really appreciate if you could your ratings and reviews mean so much to me thanks for being such a big part of the show's success we're making the show for you to help you be or become a happy millionaire so now let's get back to the show Okay, this is not one, but I just think the most important thing is to start early. I hate it. Like, I hate it when you're like, you know, January 1st and you're trying to do your goals. Like, these goals were goals you want to do for your life. So you should have started them already. So, you know, just start them now. Like, there's no real reason why you got to start in Jan, like with everyone else on the starting line. Why don't you start a few weeks early? I think this is the first one to start off with, right? Is that I find a lot of people setting goals right now are goals that deeply they don't want. It's more about impressing others. Um, mm. And it's a... Uh, 
I've noticed it's a very common thing. So even with me, I'm not going to lie to you. Like at the start of this year, actually it was the start of last year, I said I was going to do a podcast, right? And I didn't do it. And I think we talked about it because I felt like deeply, I, I don't know, something in me I thought is more for my ego rather than me wanting to share. But I love communicating, right? So then I came to the realization, okay, I love communicating. And this is an easy way for me to share what I've learned. Um, to folks and I wanted to give back in some form or way of past my learning so I thought this was this was the best format for me um, mm. so then I came to realization actually this was this goal is for me not for society I like like to simplify these things like you can set goals to flex or you can set goals to be truly happy for yourself right and that the the two I think are exclusive I, I think you know when you set when I set myself goals like oh I want to a company that is generating 100 million revenue every single year, you know, I have to ask myself the question, is that because I truly think that's going to make me happy or other people happy? Or do I want to put that on my on my sort of like credentials one day on my like Twitter bio or like, you know, am I doing this to flex? And I think you, ha- you have to be very honest with yourself. And I have to be very honest with myself about that as well. And on the subject of goals in general, um, most people like, you know, like you said, set them January 1st, probably a bit hungover, not really put that much thought into it. So starting early is very, very important. And also revisiting them every month. So I I pretty much look at my goals uh, every week because it's on my notes and I just review them and I'll change them in, in time as well, you know. So I love that one, flex or for you, or is it for you or for others, whichever way you look at it. I love that. So that's number one. You talked about number four of mine, so but we'll might as well go for that one. But yeah, sticking with the goals. So yeah, I, I read it every week. I go one step further, and I think I mentioned it on another episode, is that I will I'll write out what that goal is, and I will also feel the emotion of how I'm going to feel once I get that goal. So mm. I'm, I'm essentially visualizing, like manifesting that goal. And I know exactly what it's going to feel like once I have it. So in my mind, I've already got it. And what that does, it suddenly creates this frequency within me to attract that goal. Um, and I've, yeah, that one's been really powerful. That's been like an upgrade to my um, framework, my system. So we've got singing stillness that will, like so to repeat, we've got singing stillness to to confirm you're doing these goals for yourself. We've got sticking with the goals, so doing it every week and having a method to go back. The third one I wanted to talk about is like clarity on the goals because what I've learned, and this ties back to um, what I've just mentioned, but you've got to be super, super, super clear with what you want. Mm. Um, otherwise, it just doesn't happen. So like a prime example is you know someone, someone wanting to set up a business, right? Let's just use that simple example and we can use another one after. But someone's to set up their own business and they want to grow their business. If you're not clear about like, yeah, how much you want to grow it by and how does it look, what does this business look like, you know, the, the team you want to have, like if you're not absolutely clear about how that outcome's going to look, you're not going to achieve it because there's no clarity. So when that opportunity comes in front of you or that situation, like you're just confused. Another good example is in a relationship, right? So clarity on goals is critical. And in order to have good clarity on goals, you need to have, find someone who's had that goal so they can get you in that right mindset they can challenge yeah. you and go hey look this is what it's going to look like and spar with you because then you can work out what that gap is and you know that will help you achieve the goal so yeah what's your thoughts on the clarity on the subject of the clarity 100% agree every day when I remember after meditating I do a, an exercise a visualization exercise I've just pulled up the doc- I've literally I write it I've written it down in a notes document and I 
I read it to myself every single day. So I say to myself, practice visualizing your team members, the studio, the test kitchen, the HQ, the team dog, the team coffee machine, the feeling, the smell, the location, the vibe, the ethos, the excitement, oh, wow. the company bank account, the the um, uh, the the flow of uh, revenue into the company, how that adds value to your employees, the house you come back to, the stress free truck. Like I I literally go through pinpoint all those different things and I try and play that movie in the back of my mind. And I, th- this is my current one right now because I'm looking towards you know the studio and, and 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 growing the team. A really good exercise to get yourself into this sort of creative state is to imagine. Let's say you are running a business, right? Imagine uh, someone from I don't know uh, TechCrunch or Wired Magazine or Financial Times Magazine comes to your office and writes an article about your company. So you're writing it from the perspective of the journalist and you're literally like, I turn up at XYZ and like, this is what the vibe was and this is the person that greeted me. And like, so you're, you're telling the story through a journalist who is basically in your world, mm. in your future world. Because it's, like, it. it's bloody long. Where, where'd you learn that idea? That's a great one. I, I referred to Tara Swat a bunch of times in this, on this podcast that she wrote the source. We'll, we'll get her on the pod. She's amazing. She, uh, yeah. her book re- really did inspire me to do a lot of this kind of work. Like just thinking about, you know, ways in which you can crystallize that vision. Because I, I, I'll be honest, like, for me, it was kind of hard to, like, exactly formulate who I need in my team. And and what you said is right. Like, finding someone who has done what you want to achieve is going back to that sort of, like, um, mimetic theory. It's like you, you can put the pieces of the puzzle together and you can build your own sort of puzzle based on the the, the building blocks of, of other people. And it, it's a really... So that's a really good tactic to just seek out these people and almost like, you know, uh, adopt them as, as mentors and, and as people to sort of like, you know, help you along, along your journey. So, yeah, I, I, I it's, it's a good exercise. And the last one, so number four, is like prioritizing your goals. So what I find is a lot of us have got such a big list of goals and different yeah you know, things you want to do. So for example, let's just go through a typical person. They're going to have goals on their career. Like they might want to make X amount of money or they might want to be X level in the business or they want to get a fundraise, whatever, you know, whether you've got your own company or not, you're going to have a ridiculously ambitious goal, which is great. Then you're going to have something about your relationship. Maybe you want to find someone or you want to, you know, be at the next stage, whether it's to get married or have kids or wherever that stage is, you might have some stage you want to get into you might have something around mm. friendships you'll have something around travel you'll have something around fitness you'll have something about me time like you know, these are things that i guarantee should be on most lists right now the hard question comes like which one is the priority because you know a lot of these areas they are big big projects like getting successful in your career like that is one that's a bulky project i call them like you know there's two there's there's different levels of games this is like this is a big one you've got big projects medium projects and small projects in my mind like actually keeping fit that's a small one because it's like an hour you know a couple of hours a week you can do that right it's not Mm. easy it's quite easy but if you want to do building your own business and being successful that's a big project if you're about to go through a big phase in your relationship like that is quite a big project so i think what i've realize is you can only probably do like one two big projects a yeah. year like really well and then maybe one or two little ones and i feel a lot of people want to do lots of big ones um so you know let's just say hypothetically um you're single and you want to find someone like you got to decide which one is priority do you want to find someone or do you want to 
go up at work like you know hit you know hit a big milestone at work because doing both is ridiculously hard yeah. i can tell you that it's not you know from speaking from friends speaking to people like anyone you like you can't nail both you also gotta be aware of your natural tendency to choose the path of least resistance right so if you've got genuinely mm. high priority uh goals that you want to achieve but they're big and they're audacious and they're, you know, big hairy goals or whatever. And you, let's say you've got like two or three at the top of your list and you've got some medium priority or low priority things on the lower list, but those are easier. Your, your, your brain is going to want to like, oh, let me just like tick off a few of these and get some momentum. And sometimes that can work to get you like started, but you've got to be really, and it happens to me on a daily basis, right? So I'm, I'll look at my to do list right now. I've got two big things I need to do. One thing is like, I've got to create like five budget meals for, for the BBC because they're on at me to, to put some stuff on their website. And then I've also got to do a YouTube review for the channel and, and stuff and like basically restructure it and all, all the rest of it. But I've got like a whole bunch of low priority ones. And I was like, maybe I could just do that like quick email there and I can just tick a few things off here and like, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I'll feel better because like, oh, I'll tick three or four things off, but I haven't done the really important things and those just get kicked down the road. So you don't want to do that with your goals for sure because yeah, that can easily happen. So in summary, you know, the four things are, you know, decide if this goal is for you or for others or is it for, you know, as Rupi says, is it flex or is it like a genuine one? Number two, um, like stick with your goals, like figure out how to do it. So, you know, look at it every week, make sure it's documented. Be absolute, Number three is be absolute clear. So mm. have clarity of, um, you know, what you're trying to achieve. And number four is like, you know, you do need to prioritize because you can't hit all your goals. So make sure you really ensure you, the one that is of focus is your focus. And yeah, making sure that, you know, naturally you do spend time on it, as Rupi says. Cool. All right. I think we've covered a lot in this episode. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. You haven't Hamid told us any of your goals. <laughs> you just told oh. us how to start. Give us one. Oh, yeah, Give us one. Point. I would really like to probably spend more time on the podcast um next year i feel like i've been not giving it my full i've given it some but i think i can give it a lot more attention so i feel getting more interesting guests and you know spending more time on that because i feel we could get incredible guests that have reached out i just haven't taken it forward so i feel like that's something for me personally number two is you know right now i am dating and i feel it's time for me to find that right person and probably go into a relationship um and take it seriously because I feel like I put work ahead a lot. So I feel like I'm in that phase. And then number three, I, f I feel I could do a lot more to help other founders and give back. Obviously, the podcast is one, but I feel I can do a lot more through my Bliss Growth engine. So maybe invest in more companies in areas which are needed. So yeah, I feel like those are certain areas. And four is like probably expand my friend circle. I feel like we all, you know, we all stick with our own friend circles. I feel we could, it's a good time to meet new people, make more effort there. I feel sometimes I'm not making as much effort. It's always interesting to get new minds, speak to new people because you learn a lot and, you know, you get inspired and they actually help you set your goals because you start learning, oh, wow, this is possible. Yeah, yeah fair. I think that's great. I think the podcast is actually going to be an unlock for a lot of those things, like those, those two, like... A, giving back to founders, but B, meeting new people. All right, cool. Um, Amit, you free to jump on? So uh, in terms of, well, I'll try and keep it brief. So the feature fallacy bit that you talked about, how to get 10x value without doing 10x the work. So the concept people could look up there is leverage. So it's something that Naval talks about a mm. lot, Naval Ravikant. And it's this idea that the human brain thinks just in terms of linear relationship. We think that the more that we do, the 
more will get out, but actually there's a lot of exponential things. Um, so yeah, just finding where those things are. That's such a good point. That, that, and leverage is such an interesting concept for early stage founders to really get their head around because it's very easy to fall into the same trap of just inputs and outputs and those being equivocal. And it's not, it's not that relationship at all. It's, uh, leverage mm. is, yeah, it's really important. That's a sick one. Because the, the normal advice is hard work, but yeah, yeah it's hard work over that part of the hard work is finding out where you have, uh, leverage. Um, the goal setting thing I thought was amazing. And one of the things underlying it was uh, realism. So I think sometimes when people are thinking about visualization and goal setting and Tony Robbins, they're thinking, oh, wow, I could do everything. I'm going to imagine I have a billion dollars. I imagine I have the, like, the, the best uh, girlfriend. I have like this dream life. But what, what you talked about was like prioritizing. So it's realistic goal setting and uh, realistic uh, visualization. Uh, and the the second bit that connects to is um, that that first topic you talked about with the pizza, where we, we talk about like thinking about the whole goal. So let's say, for example, you want to be an entrepreneur, but the realistic aspect of that goal is you're going to need to answer your emails at all times. You're going to like people. You're going to spin many plates in the mm. air, and probably like a lot of people superficially, like when we were talking about the comparing yourself topic, they think of Elon Musk and thinking, oh, I want to be that guy. But I, I would not want his life. Man. No he is going through a lot and he lives his life under a microscope. So like when you think about your goals, don't just think about like, let's say you want to get a dog. Don't just think, okay, I'll have a dog and it'll be amazing. Think about all the hard stuff that involves like early mornings, walks uh, and things like that. Amit. Uh, your then, that summary yeah. is sick. Oh, you're not done yet. Wow, I was gonna. I'm already blown away. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, one more. One more, one more God, yeah. um, it's getting really succinct this week. So, <laughs> uh, so the, the last one was uh, business breakups, and we, we sort of had um, like a Jay as the you know the, the old dog who's been through a million <laughs> breakups, and he's yeah. like, "Don't worry, Rupee, this is your first time." Come here, come here, come here. And uh, yeah, so so interesting. Like that, there was those two aspects of, like one going through the emotions, and then uh, also learning from it. And yeah, you you need both. Uh, and probably the place where I would say most people struggle. Uh, and this is one of the things, like like I picked up from learning with Jay. Like when he gives these uh, this advice, he's just like, yeah, go through the emotions and then learn from it. But like here, like. His emotional intelligence is like, yeah, it's on a, a different level. And I, I imagine it's just because you, you've been through it uh, so many times uh, and something else you mentioned, like seeing with yourself in stillness, really understanding what you want and then, um, yeah, and then you, you can grow from it. I would relate that to the comparing yourself topic because like, Okay, you you could someone could want that level of emotional intelligence, but you got to go through a hundred breakups, and that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's yeah, exactly. really that's painful. So, do, do you really want it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's a very good point, Amit. We usually don't rate you and your summary, but I'm going to give that solid eight point five, man. That was that was awesome. Yeah, that was, oh, nice. that was, that was great. Oh, thanks, man. Give that was very good. All right, we'll leave you on a high today, Amit. Yeah, we'll leave you on a high. We'll leave you on a high. It's a great episode, guys. I enjoyed that one. <laughs>
Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, I'm going to be real with you all. I really like to win. And winning to me right now is making a success of this show and building this community of happy millionaires. But I need your help and it'll only take you two minutes. Here's what you can do. One, if you haven't already, please hit follow wherever you're listening. Two, give it a five-star review on your podcast app. Three, send this app to one person. Trust me, they'll thank you later. That's going to take you 60 seconds at tops. Really, really appreciate your help and we'll see you on the next one. 